When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Nature Soft. I'm Sarah Fagan. I'm Jenna Million, and this is a podcast where we discuss feminist issues and music and pop culture all while empowering fangirls. Because let's be honest, fangirls knew about that band way before you did. As a quick little reminder, we have opened up our Patreon basically to pay what you want and be able to get access to all of our bonus episodes. We have a fairly decent back catalog of bonus episodes that you can go listen to if you join our Patreon right now, as well as the new bonus episodes that will be coming out in the future. But some of those, we got to dive into some pretty like interesting topics that we wouldn't necessarily cover on the normal podcast, but absolutely relate. One of those being, can a human queer bait? in which we break down all the things that happened with Kit Connor. We also have an episode about celebrity scandals and media literacy, which it seems like is the current theme of our podcast right now. (laughs) We also talked about Don't Worry Darling, in case you missed that and want a fun little (laughs) deep dive on that, because let me tell you, it was a deep dive. We have some fun stuff over there on Patreon, and it's basically pay what you can from $1 to $10 if you just want to support us however you like. We have that opened up for everyone. So yeah, you can find all of that over at patreon.com slash name three songs. Since Jenna mentioned Don't Worry Darling, I feel like today's fangirl moments of the week should start with whether or not Harry Styles has a spit kink because Chris Pine has come to answer that question for us. So Chris Pine is apparently just promoting that he's a hot older man now. Uh, He's doing some sort of press tour being like, hey guys, look at me. I'm being the best Chris. That's basically what he's doing. He's on a campaign to win the title of best Chris is what I'm convinced of. And he did a bunch of really awesome interview content for Esquire and wore a lot of really sick outfits. And in this press cycle, specifically with Esquire magazine, Chris Pine finally debunked everything when it comes to Spitgate. So for those of you who need a slight refresher, during all the Don't Worry Darling drama at the Venice Film Festival, (laughs) when Harry went to go sit down It looked as if he hawked a loogie into Chris Pine's lap. Chris Pine looked down in shock, kind of scoffed. uh, And Harry and Chris then just like sat down and did a little little giggle. And so Esquire got to the bottom of this. And the words straight from Chris Pine's mouth were, Harry did not spit on me. Harry's a very, very kind guy. (laughs) (laughs) And he went on to continue to say that he like doesn't exactly remember what exactly happened, but he guessed that Harry said something to him in that moment. Perhaps it's just words, isn't it? And Chris Pine explained like why he assumed Harry might have said it's just words, isn't it? We had this little joke because we're all jet lagged. We're all trying to answer these questions. And sometimes when you're doing these press things, your brain goes befuddled and you start speaking gibberish. But it's just words, man. Um, (laughs) 
And Pine went on to say that he heard about the rumors of what happened in the Spitgate scenario on his flight back from Venice when he was sleeping on a plane and his publicist woke him up. His publicist is in a state and wakes him up and goes, we have to craft a message about what happened. And Chris Pine is like, I was like so confused, had no idea what my rep was referring to, didn't know anything. And so then she showed him the clip. admits that it does indeed look like he's spitting on me but he did not spit on me (laughs) (laughs) and this is just so funny to me but also i'm obsessed with the fact that he was saying that like they were all jet lagged and like press can be exhausting and all of this because now i feel like there was a lot of speculation that chris pine was like who the fuck is this stupid man that they've teamed me up for to like ans- to like do all this press with in Venice? Like, I can't believe he's just said that this movie feels like a movie. Like, I'm a yeah. highly skilled and trained actor. Like, no, nah, they were to, all just like jet lagged like, and like, out of nah. it. Like, they were just so jet lagged, and they're just like, it's just words, man. And I love that so much more. Oh my god, I well, I like it was like the middle of the workday. Sarah texts me. It's like an article in People like about Spitgate. And I'm like, what? what? this happened months ago. I was like, why are we addressing this? And I opened it and I realized that like there was new information. But my favorite part about all of this is in addition, the video interviews he did where he's reading tweet memes of like him at mm-hmm. that at the Venice like conference where he's just like sitting in front of the computer with his headphones on and he's like <laughs> cracking up reading these. Like it is so funny how much he thinks this is funny. And, like, well, it's maybe favorite... the first time he's seen any of this. Well, yeah, because that's my, my favorite thing about Chris Pine is that Chris Pine uses a flip phone. Chris Pine does not <laughs> use a He does not know what the internet is. He's not, he's not on the internet. So Chris Pine is, like, <laughs> so, so like far prime behind. Content, like... Yeah, so, so he's, like, he's, like, the, he's, like he's seeing like the internet for the first candy. time. Yeah. Yeah, he's, like, a kid in a candy shop. He's, he's like, like, what kicking is his this? feet, this giggling, laughing, rolling on the floor. <laughs> I'm, I was honestly just impressed that he even understood the format of a meme. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, enough to be amused by it. Oh, my God. But it's like it's not like he doesn't use the internet. He just, like, doesn't yeah. want to be connected all the time. But I just think it's so funny. Yeah. But, like, also, this is my favorite thing. Like, when a moment is such a big moment in pop culture. But, obviously, like, so much happens. So it's not as relevant but then when people start to do press again after the thing stops being a big deal journalists know that they're going to be more willing to like be open about it and kind of joke about it and be like huh can you believe that that happened yeah so i feel like we might be getting little don't worry darling press tour tidbits over the next next couple months while like florence has a couple films that she's going to be promoting and so i feel like we're going to be getting some off-the-cuff comments that like we're not expecting because they're just gonna be like ah who cares anymore like only my fans are gonna read this it's not gonna be like as big of a deal as if i had commented on it like while it was happening my favorite moment from the week was jenna ortega and aubrey plaza teaming up for a bit when they were presenting a sag award the funny thing is that like i didn't necessarily think of them as being so similar until they put them on the stage next to each other and i was like oh yes they are copy paste of each other i feel like jenna ortega plays a lot of april ludgate-esque characters so i feel like i always had the bit of like oh it'd be really funny just like see them play sisters or something but i guess i never really thought of jenna ortega as a person as like that similar to aubrey plaza 
but I feel like recently with like Scream and Wednesday, she's been like leaning more into like the macabre yeah. side of like yeah, definitely her personality, which I think is really funny. So I love when there's like little things like that where it kind of feels like a gift. Yeah, a gift, but also like it feels like the people in charge are like acknowledging fan discourse. Yeah, it's like, like breaking the fourth fan. wall. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Literally. Speaking of fangirl moments. <laughs> oh y'all, we have some business to get into today. Jenna and I have been stressed and upset for for months now. <laughs> just just over over so much happening on the internet and every week it gets worse. And the past two weeks it's been this Selena Gomez versus Hailey okay. Bieber situation. I just need to say, last week when we covered this. I thought what we explained on the podcast and like the five TikTok creators who were making, taking, doing bad takes, I thought that was going to be the end of it. I thought, I yeah, thought same. it was like, this is going to blow over. No, I log on to work Monday morning. Coworkers are talking about it. My Twitter timeline is talking about it. Everyone starts playing Team Selena versus Team Haley. This did not need to happen. Straight up did not need to happen. Because here's the thing the thing with the, the Spitgate, the Chris Pine, Harry Styles, Spitgate, like, alleged drama is that, like, fans kind of made this up. They're like, oh, haha, so funny. It looks like he spit on him. It wasn't a, like, Harry Styles hates Chris Pine. Harry Styles is trying to tear down Chris Pine. Okay, that was, like, yeah. some cute, fun drama that stayed cute and fun and didn't hurt anyone. This whole Haley Selena, like, business. Also, Kylie Jenner was the one who posted all these photos. Like, Haley didn't really do anything. Unless I have that wrong, and she did post. I mean, Haley post Haley posted that video of like God's timing is always right, and then but that was a long time ago. That was months ago. Like that was not recent. Yeah, the eyebrow stuff was all Kylie related, and Kylie commented and said that there was nothing going on, and so now suddenly they're like all making Haley the villain because they can. And here's the thing: we're not here to defend Haley Bieber. This is the upsetting thing of it all. We're not here to defend Haley Bieber. She's like maybe not the nicest person who needs defending. But our whole podcast is on the legs of calling out catfights, calling out when you're villainizing women when they shouldn't be villainized. And this is one of those scenarios. Yeah, I'm getting really fed up of the internet making Jenna and I fight for the worst horks in the race. Like, I'm so I'm so tired of like going to bat for these women that I have no interest in going to bat for because I'm sure if I met Hailey Bieber, she would like make some weird look at me and be like, why do you think we should be in the same place? Because those are the vibes Hailey Bieber gives off. But right now, apparently I would die for Hailey Bieber. And it's so fucking (laughs) exhausting because it's so tiresome because like Selena Gomez, from what I've read, what I've seen, like she seems to be one of the nicest celebrities. Like she always stops to take photos for her fans, to sign stuff for her fans. Like she always is acknowledging that like without her fans, she wouldn't be here. Like she seems like an all around good person. And like, and it's just so frustrating that she dated an insufferable Pisces man. Like what do we expect? (laughs) Like, Like it's just one of those things where it's like, the few bits and bobs I understand about astrology are so spot on oh my God. <laughs> that it's disgust that it's disgusting. The thing that frustrates me is it's like clearly based off of how on again off again Selena Gomez and Justin Bieber were, like Justin Bieber is the problem here. Like Justin Bieber is the villain. Like it's not Haley, it's not Selena, it's Justin because clearly Haley Bieber has 
some frustrations because it seems as though Justin is the type of person who gets drunk and starts crying about Selena Gomez, like on the regular. Like the, these are the I love vibes. that like collectively most people like most people would agree with this. They're just yeah. like, yeah, Justin Bieber's still obsessed with Selena Gomez. Even it's though like, he's been married to Haley Bieber for four years. Yeah, like I don't doubt that Justin loves Haley, but I think that like if Selena Gomez called him right now and was like, Would you marry me? He'd be like, Yes, of course I will. But there's been there's been rumors around forever about people speculating that like Haley and Justin were already involved in Hillsong and that like Haley Bieber was just like a rich, famous adjacent person who was like an option for famous men to marry within the church i mean like these are these are rumors that exist (laughs) yeah but like like, (laughs) it's kind of not wrong in the context of celebrities wanting to marry other celebrities for a number of reasons not just for their status but also because of the way they've experienced life and the way the circles that they run in so in that regard it is kind of like royalty marrying royalty of like who's the available suitor who's my age who shares the same religion yeah like realistically it makes sense like arranged marriages aren't that fucking uncommon or (laughs) unheard of like it's not that crazy to think about but like my big frustration that's been happening this week is that it went from like a couple pop culture tiktok people making these posts and essentially like creating a mountain out of a molehill like creating these huge problems for no reason like it's been so unhinged to Every level of creator on TikTok trying to get like their own proof that Haley Bieber is a fucking psychopath. And it's it's so crazy. And like we talked about this last week about how like we're the generation who's like so upset with how the tabloids treated women in the past and are like, we need to change this. And yet we're doing the same thing. And it's like not even like the Britney Spears comparison because this that's complete that's like a a different thing. But if you think back to like the cat fights that like these tabloids used to write about, so like Paris Hilton versus Lindsay Lohan, like stuff like that, where it's like, okay, maybe Paris Hilton is a villain to some degree. Maybe Lindsay Lohan is a villain to some degree. Like a lot of those times in those cat fights, things were actually said. Like Paris Hilton called Lindsay Lohan a fire crotch famously. <laughs> like these are things that like there's video proof of like cat fights happening people saying mean things whatever the case is but it's like one mean thing would be said and then those tabloids would run with the narrative of paris hilton is the villain forever or Lindsay lohan is the villain forever like this is the bad person we are always going to piss them against like one of our go-to good girls and now it seems like regular people on tiktok are doing the same thing where they're like, okay, we've dubbed Hailey Bieber a villain in the world of 25 to 32-year-old female celebrities in Hollywood. And now we're going to try and tear her down as much as we possibly can by like proving that she's crazy, proving that she was like a stalker, proving that like she shouldn't have had access to these people, trying to prove all of these things about her that have absolutely nothing to do with anything it's like so what if she was like a normal like every single famous person before they were famous was a normal person and we see it all the time like when we see people fangirling over like other celebrities which happens at award shows which happens at these things where it's like oh my god like did you just see this other person on the red carpet like celebrities get starstruck over other celebrities constantly and like Hailey Bieber is mainly famous for being the child of a famous man 
Well, being the niece of a famous man, really. Yeah, even more so being the niece of a more famous man. And so, like, she's famous because her last name is Baldwin. Like, that's literally it. She had money and resources. And, like, when your parents are famous or rich, if you don't have your own skill, like, you're essentially viewed as, like, a socialite. And then you're going to be hanging out with other socialites and going to parties and going to events where you're rubbing shoulders with celebrities. And therefore, that's how you, like, get involved with these other famous people because you understand the same lifestyle. I think it's interesting that you bring that up because I think for most people, if you think about Hailey Bieber, she falls into the same category as like the Jenners and the Hadids of like is famous, sometimes models, maybe like I know the Hadids have like more intense modeling careers. But if you think about the what, what, what you were saying, what brought all this something to mind is Liam Payne dating Maya Henry, being engaged to Maya Henry. She just had a rich yeah. family from Texas, yeah. met him. like did a one direction meet and greet like when she was a teenager and then like what bumped into him at some bougie ass party in italy and then they started dating and it's like the stories that i remember hearing about Hailey bieber was like justin bieber was doing like a good morning america segment and she was like there and she probably was there because she had connections period and so this is like the thing where sarah's kind of bringing up of is like people are now using this as a reason to say like she's a stalker like she's psychotic blah 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 is this really any different than like going to the coffee shop that you know your crush goes to so you can accidentally (laughs) run into them literally though like (laughs) when i was seeing all these people being like oh my god like she would like make sure to stay at the same hotel as justin or like she would get her dad to get her invited to like events that justin bieber was going to be performing at I'm like, what, who, who of us was above figuring out your crush's schedule in like high school or college and being like, oh, okay. Like I have a class near them. If I like stand outside nonchalantly with like a coffee, like (laughs) I could be like a cute little accident and like, we'll, we can talk. And if I like, I can Pavlov him into like expecting me to be there with my coffee every day after this class. And then he will love me. Like, who hasn't done that? Like, who hasn't, like, been a regular at a bar and then been, like, met another regular at that bar and been, like, if I keep showing up at this time, maybe we'll date. Who knows? Yeah. yeah, Like, this is very normal behavior. And it's not like you're showing up at, like, someone's house or, like, I don't know. It's, like, being a stalker takes so much more work and like planning to make sure that you're invited to the same events as somebody yeah or that like it's like public planning, information that they're gonna yeah, be there or like literally or like planning to go to the coffee shop that you go to every day just like at 4 p.m instead of 3 p.m because you know your crush goes there at four like that's not stalking <laughs> that's just like being smart <laughs> uh, i can't but it's like all of this is so silly that we're going to this length just to be like she's not psychotic when it's like why is this hap- why is this discussion even happening in the first place it's so annoying and it, so a lot of people so someone unearthed some tweets from Haley bieber from like the year 20 2011 or 2012 in which she was like supporting she was like team jelena like justin selena or jelena or whatever the fuck like tweeting that she was a fan of justin bieber tweeting that she was a fan of like selena and justin look this isn't for us to get into debates about this is for Haley to talk to her therapist about on her own time well like 
I'm just saying, realistically speaking, there have been like women in the jobs that Jenna and I have done who have wound up dating and sometimes marrying famous people. Like when you're when you work in like entertainment news or you work in PR or marketing and you work in spaces where you're going to be rubbing shoulders with celebrities or like people that are rich or famous to like some extent in maybe the industry that you work in or whatever the case is those people become your co-workers and your colleagues and like it's been common in the past for those people to like wind up dating and like whatever to people who are like a higher status than them like it's not that unheard of so could you imagine if you yourself are lovely listeners wind up getting a job in something where like you meet someone that you maybe had a crush on at some point in your life because you like knew who they were and you like tweeted like wow Zaymalik looks so hot today on Instagram and then like seven years later you meet him at like a very professional thing you haven't thought about him in a fangirl state of mind since you were like 15 years old what are you just supposed to remember that you tweeted that and go back and be like i gotta delete that i called this guy i've went on three dates with now hot it's like no if anything it could be like a cute little thing you guys joke about at some point like Haley bieber is like three or four years younger than justin which means she's like five or six years younger than selena So, like, it's completely normal that she grew up, like, watching Selena Gomez on Disney Channel and, like, listening to Justin Bieber's music, thought that they were cool, and then, like, once she got old enough, it's like, okay, now I can, like, be in the same place as them. Yeah. Why why not? And it's like, maybe she just got to Justin first. What if she wanted to be Selena's friend and, like... Her dad was like, well, Justin's on the list of eligible bachelors at our church. So let's go for that. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. What flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I just, it just feels so silly that like we're having this entire conversation because the thing is like, while a lot of this conversation originated on TikTok, it is all over Twitter and it is all over people in real life talking about this. Like I said, people at my work were talking about this. I literally went to a coffee shop and overheard these teenagers who were dressed like little emo Gen Z kids who like looked like they could care less about pop culture talking about Haley and Selena. And I was like, y'all, y'all are talking about this too? So, I mean, it's just, just the fact that, and everyone's weighing in on it like, oh, haha, so cute. Like, 
team Edward, team Jacob. And I'm like, do you not? Like, this this is why we, like, have this podcast to talk about the implications of, like, what we're doing here. Because, like, support Selena. Yes, she's a good person. You should support her in general. But that doesn't mean you have to tear down Haley in the process of doing it. And also, like, it just feels like this is a thing that happened, like, five, six years ago. And, like, everyone involved in the equation has moved on. But, like, the general public is like, ooh, there was something there before. Maybe we can stir the pot and there will be something there again. Literally. Like, that's the thing is it's like, okay, I think, like, maybe at some point there were issues. But it doesn't seem like there are anymore. And they've all said as much where they're like, yeah, no, like, we don't have problems with each other. Like, you guys are overreacting. Like, you're reaching. Whatever. And yet everybody still is trying to be like there has to be a villain here like we have to acknowledge this and it's like why why do we have to make this bigger than what it is but also like why are so many women so completely fine with trying to tear down another woman like that's what i can just never wrap my head around is it's like why does it automatically jump to bullying why does it automatically jump to like using the term cat fight or be pitting two women against each other as and being like oh yes it makes complete sense that these women absolutely hate each other over this like very mediocre white man like yes and that's completely rational that yeah. they would hate each other and cause each other this much pain over justin bieber <laughs> like just sit and think about that for a fucking second like that's unhinged uh. unhinged behavior like ridiculous And also, like, on top of all of that, it's just, like, there are so many girls who are acting like they have this, like, gotcha receipts towards Haley by being, like, oh, yes, like, I know for a fact because I was involved in this that Haley Bieber was involved in, like, a Justin and Selena fan project. Or I know because she DM'd me because I ran the biggest Justin Bieber fan page from the years 2010 to 2012 that she double checked with me to see if she was staying at the right hotel that he was staying at. And it's like, you just admitted that you were keeping track of what hotels Justin Bieber was staying at and Hailey Bieber is the problem? Like, she was just a very successful fangirl. She lived out all of our Wattpad dreams and I just feel like people are jealous. And I'm like, what's there to be jealous of? This girl's tried so many times to be relevant outside of her famous last names that she's had, Baldwin and now Bieber. And none of it has like ever been very successful. Like even she has like a makeup line. I didn't even know she had a makeup line until two days ago, but apparently she does. And like this girl so badly wants to be relevant for her own work. And the internet's never going to let that happen because they're like, no, we hate you. Because you won Justin Bieber. It sounds like she lost. (laughs) Also, well, actually, it's been reported that she has lost 1 million followers in the process of all of this, while Selena Gomez has gained 10 million. And of course, losing 1 million followers when you have 50 million followers is not a very big deal. But it is interesting because what you were just saying of like, she wants to be famous so badly, like for her own thing, is like, we also saw a TikToker using that exact rhetoric to be like, she wants to be so famous she's making all this drama so that people talk about her more and this is the other thing of like why we've like somehow become a media literacy podcast since we've changed the run of show is because there's absolutely no media literacy going on on the internet and people are like oh yes it makes complete sense that Haley bieber's pr team is spending all of their time to to send like literal tidbits of nonsense 
to journalists to be like, you should pay attention to Haley because maybe something's happening. And it's like, nobody fucking cares that much. Like, this is like, this is the thing about how story placement works for most of these celebrities is it's like a PR company who's not Haley Bieber's personal PR. So you know how everybody like got those like chrome nails and it was like, oh, like Haley Bieber's like glazed donut nails. Yeah. It's like that wasn't Haley Bieber's personal PR team. That was like the personal PR team for like OPI or like whatever nail polish brand she was using being like Haley Bieber posted an Instagram story about her getting her nails done. Like, here's how to copy that look. And then OPI or whatever nail brand sent a blast out to every beauty journalist in all of the world and was like, here's how to get the look. And then cheaper nail brands were like, here's how to copy that look. And then everybody's like, oh, that's like three stories in one day. Like, let's write this up. I mean, the other thing, and like, we actually found a TikTok with like an editor who, like a fashion editor who stitched it. So we can link this in the show notes if you guys want to look at it. But she was basically saying that Hailey Bieber is famous enough on her own to have things written about her because... She said, at the end of the day, Hailey Bieber drives traffic. Even in, like, the very niche example of, like, her nails and, like, a brand like OPI pitching that out so that OPI can get their own mentions attached to Hailey Bieber's name, journalists will just write trend pieces being like, is Hailey Bieber bringing back chrome nails or whatever it is because she gets clicks because she drives traffic. So when you see like things about Hailey Bieber's fashion, where it's like a compilation of like paparazzi street photos of her, like journalists are choosing to write that because Hailey Bieber drives traffic. Like Hailey Bieber's PR team is not pitching. Like you should write a trend piece about Hailey Bieber's outfits that she's been wearing lately. Yeah, exactly. Like that's the thing is it's like, We kind of touched on this a little bit last week when we talked about the idea of, like, what is an A-list celebrity and, like, how I said that really when you think of it, most celebrities are just B-list and then there's, like, a select few that are A-list and famous to everyone. And there are some people like Hailey Bieber who would, I think, classify also in the, like, everybody's B-list kind of category. But, like, they know how to dress themselves and they're, like, cute in, like, a I-could-look-like-that kind of way. And so people are like, oh, for a rich, famous, like a rich, famous person, she's relatively relatable. I'm going to click and see what she's doing and try and copy that because I think that I could pull this off sort of thing. And again, it's like nobody's PR team is paid enough to like sit there all day and be like, how do I trick journalists into writing about my client? It's like, no, Hailey Bieber comes with clicks. Like people are intrigued by her for one reason or another. And so those clicks bring people to the site, which keeps the site functioning and keeps people coming back. And I mean, clearly, as we've seen, like so many trends that Hailey Bieber has had her name attached to, a lot of them being like nail trends. It's very clear that people have some sort of interest in her. And it's just been really jarring to just watch the collective online be like, how do we tear her down when like she's done... questionable stuff in the past like she's tweeted racist shit she's tweeted so much nonsense and like nobody's ever gone this hard to cancel her in the past but now that we're like oh she's piling on selena i'm just tired i'm just so i'm just so fed up because it's like again if Haley bieber literally like tried to start a fight with selena gomez or like if anything was happening where it was like very clear that they were actually having issues 
I would be like, Selena Gomez is obviously right. <laughs> like, like nothing Hailey Bieber could possibly ever say would make me ever take her side in an actual argument between her and Selena Gomez. But it's like, Selena Gomez herself was like, nothing is happening. And as Jenna said, like the most recent bout of this cat fight that the internet's glommed onto was Kylie Jenner seemingly responding to something Selena Gomez did and like pulling Hailey Bieber in on it, which honestly it would be the only way that I personally would have tied it back to Selena because I'm like, Oh, obviously she's tying Hailey Bieber in. So people know that they're trying to make fun of Selena Gomez because everybody automatically assumes if Hailey Bieber's there, Selena Gomez is being attacked. I did also find an interesting article in people by Jenna Rue in this this week titled why does the internet want selena gomez and Haley bieber to feud so badly and jenna talks to a professor of sociology named erica cheeto childs essentially saying that people are bored and they literally just want drama at the end of the day we love gossip at the end of the day we love gossip <laughs> and so this professor of sociology says that now you get all this data from social media researchers, sleuths, and investigators who are trying to piece together all sorts of theories and conspiracies. So when it becomes an additional form of entertainment, we're consuming it like we can't get enough of this drama. Hence, why we have all these TikTok creators pulling things together out of thin air. Also in this article, Jenna talks to a clinical psychologist named Donna Rockwell, who says, we're attracted to the story and we really don't care if we're hurting someone or uplifting someone. We just love good dramatic narrative. I mean, in our episode that we did, like where we did like a cat fight episode, literally talking about like how it seemed as though the catfight narrative was like no more like people were over it whatever the case is like everybody was saying that catfights literally existed because people were bored and just trying to start drama and just trying to like come up with something to talk about and so we just keep doing that we just keep repeating past mistakes to like amuse ourselves while nothing is happening because as you guys have seen from like the past couple of weeks of the podcast, like we keep being like, oh, it's been like a pretty dry week in the world of pop culture. So I feel like pe people are creating something out of nothing because they have nothing to focus on. Yeah. And in turn, it's like people being really comfortable admitting that they're okay with, again, just tearing women down for no fucking reason. And it's just like exhausting. I don't understand like why people are taking the time to like act like this. So as Sarah mentioned, we feel like we needed to come on here and do a follow up because we weren't expecting all of this to blow up into everything it did. And at the end of the day, we are always going to call out unnecessary catfights and villainizing women. But we did actually have another really big piece of news this week. For me, this was all over Twitter. I don't know if it made it way to TikTok. I'm sure it did in some capacity. But Rolling Stone came out with a huge expose about this HBO series called The Idol that has been rumored for a long time, has been pushed back a lot and caused a lot of controversy on the internet this week. So Sarah, can you tell us about what was going on? Yes, I would love to. So for those of you who might not be paying that much attention to television, pop culture stuff, I thought I'd give just a little bit of background on what's happening. So basically there is this showrunner, writer, white man in television called Sam Levinson, who most of us know from Euphoria. And if you do pay any attention to this or just like, you know, 
like to read up on pop culture news, I'm sure you've seen lots of frustration around just the existence of this man in Hollywood because Euphoria, while it is a very good show, the show has excessive nudity to the point where it's a little bit uncomfortable to watch. And I'm giving this background because I think that going into this, like this expose on the idol, it's important to understand that this is not Sam Levinson's like first offense in being egregious and like a bit of a heavy foot on the gas when it comes to trying to encompass female a lot of shock factors yeah shock factor and just like female pain and female nudity just for his bemusement and so euphoria obviously is starring zendaya zendaya is like the biggest name on the show and so because she has such a big name so much pull in hollywood etc like she can negotiate her contract a lot better than at the time the smaller stars of the show and so in zendaya's contract for euphoria it was a very much like a if i don't need to be nude i'm not going to be nude like i refuse sort of situation and there is a lot of talk around the first season of euphoria about how often sydney sweeney's boobs were out like that was like the big conversation and a lot of people were also acknowledging that Sydney Sweeney looks very similar to a young version of Sam Levinson's mother, which is always fun to think about. Yikes. And so in The Independent, Inga Parkell on March 2nd did a timeline of the controversies surrounding Sam Levinson, which was very helpful because I knew about a couple of them, but almost every single woman who was on the set of Euphoria in some form whether it be on instagram or in an interview has been like yeah he was expecting way too much from me in regards to like my comfort level of being abused on camera and being nude on camera and so the biggest thing of all of this was that in season two barbie ferrari who played the character cat who is like a big fan favorite on euphoria fans were noticing and talking about this on tiktok and on twitter about how like she was not in as much of the show as they were expecting her to be because of like the lead up from season one into season two of like what her plot was going to be for the show. And then it turned out that Barbie and Sam were disagreeing so much and having so much tension on set that it led to Barbie walking off set. And so she said that sometimes things take on a life of their own and they're not rooted in the truth, but it's okay because I know it's just out of passion and out of curiosity and all that good stuff in regards to like people discussing what was going on in Euphoria. And she said, I signed up for it, so I'll take it. I'll take the good and the bad. And then later on, she announced her departure from the show in a statement by saying, after four years of getting to embody the most special and enigmatic character, Kat, I'm having to say a very teary-eyed goodbye. And so she kind of left the show without giving too much information. But on top of like the Barbie Ferrari controversy, like Sydney Sweeney talked about her reluctance to do nude scenes when she did an interview with Independent in January of 2022. And how there were like multiple times where she was just like, it's literally not warranted for Cassie, her character, to be nude. And so she would have to have literal conversations with Sam Levinson. And this was mainly during season two. So by this point, like Sydney Sweeney is like worth more. And so therefore, like her being so frustrated for her to leave the show, like that would be very bad for the show. So like Sam Levinson agreeing to her demands in season two made more sense. 
and like her feeling strong enough to stand up for herself in season two because she became more of a household name also made more sense and this like continues on like basically every single actress on the show has had some sort of complaint and had to go to Sam to talk to him. But most of the women who have said like, oh yes, Sam listened to me after I talked to him are like women who have some sort of status in Hollywood. And so then there comes in Chloe Cherry, who is a former porn actress who also stars in Euphoria, playing the role of a heroin addict called Faye. And literally in like, the first scene that she was in her boyfriend in the show stuffs her into a motel vent and she was supposed to be completely naked and she was like very much not comfortable with that like she was like i don't want to do this but one of her co-stars spoke up for her to like voice the discomfort because like obviously this is an assumption because like chloe didn't specifically say this but there's obviously a power dynamic issue here and there's obviously also the assumption of oh she was in pornography, therefore she yeah. should be fine with being nude. And so yeah. it was just like, there is a clear history of Sam Levinson, like not really caring about the comfort level of the women that he works with and writing the show, how he would enjoy seeing it. And then we'll only change it if the women speak up. Like if the women don't yeah. say anything, then nothing will change. And in general, doing a lot of things that are very like shock value of like it doesn't need to be written this way and it's yeah. as you you said being uncomfortable even wanting to watch it and basically what happened with this series the idol is him then bringing a lot of this over because originally there was a female director named amy simetz who had about 80 percent of the filming done 80 percent done hbo for some reason unknowns to us she gets kicked out. HBO replaces her with Sam Levinson, who I think was already working on the project. Sam and Abel, a aka The Weeknd, were like co-creators of the yeah. show. And the reason that we have all this information is because Rolling Stone and the journalist Cheyenne Roundtree went and did interviews with 13 members of the show's cast and crew and learns that the drastic delay was caused by Levinson taking over as director and scrapping the nearly finished 54 to $75 million project to rewrite and reshoot the entire thing. <clears throat> so Cheyenne writes that four sources say that Levinson ultimately scrapped Simon's approach to the story, making it less about a troubled starlet falling victim victim to a predatory industry figure and fighting to reclaim her own agency and more of a degrading love story and a hollow message that some crew members described as being offensive and one production member says it was like any rape fantasy that any toxic man would have in the show and then the woman comes back for more because it makes her music better it's so frustrating because a lot of the explanation of like what the show was supposed to be was kind of like a dark satiric take on how fucked up the music industry is and the way women are treated in the music industry and it seemed like it was going to be a very feminist forward yeah like idea of this and basically what one production member explained to Cheyenne is that they signed up for a dark satire of fame and the fame model in the 21st century and that it was supposed to be about the things that we subject our talent and stars to, the forces that put people in the spotlight and how that can be manipulated in the post-Trump world. But then it turned from a satire to basically just being the thing it was supposed to be satirizing. Which is yeah. just, like, it's so frustrating because, like, there definitely needs to be more media showing things from like the perspective of the women who are going through it and I feel like a lot of women that I know deal with a lot of the shit that they've gone through in this industry by like making jokes about it and like being trying to make it silly to cope 
And I feel like watching a whole TV show that like trying to be silly to cope about like the ways that men take advantage of women in the industry would have been so amusing and like so yeah. well done and so just like proof of how needed fucked up everything is. They literally were like, nope, can't have this female plot going on. Can't have a female star have her moment. And the thing that like really fucked me up with all of this was that Cheyenne wrote that a source with knowledge seconds that the weekend was the reason behind the shakeup wanting to tone down the cult aspect of the storyline and pivot into something else entirely dropping the quote feminist lens through which the show is being told as a result and another source said to rolling stone that it was like the weekend wanted one show that was all about him and sam was on board with that and so basically he's just like the show should be focused more on me and the focus should not because he like the weekend is both a co-creator and a star of the show and it basically was him being like i'm annoyed that the woman is the hero and i'm the villain and i would like it to be the other way around please yeah y'all if this wasn't fucked up enough to begin with this came out on march 1st and the internet was promptly ablaze and we have a tweet from the weekend himself with a clip of the 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 series in which he's basically shit talking rolling stone and he tweets and said rolling stone did we upset you because obviously like rolling stone must have gotten some sort of preview or something or whatever where he like assumes that they know that that he that in the show they called rolling stone irrelevant and that like being on the cover of rolling stone wouldn't help this art this like make-believe artist in the show but because of that tweet there was then all this discourse online of people being like this is just pr because the show is satire and people were claiming that this like very well reported journalistic piece of writing by cheyenne was just promo for the show they were essentially saying that cheyenne was doing method acting by writing this article And this is, again, where media literacy is important because there's a huge difference between, like, a PR article where HBO sends out the first three seasons of the show is, like, we'll give you access to XYZ members of of the production, we'll give you access to ABC members of the cast, like, please write an article that makes the show sound like something people should watch. Like, that's a hugely different thing than them being, like, we are not going to be naming any of the people that we interviewed for this. These are all people whose jobs are at stake for saying something about what's happened here. This is to an extent hard hitting journalism. Like obviously it's pop culture journalism. So some people are going to fight me by, for me calling this hard hitting journalism. But at the end of the day, that's what this is. Like this is a very important piece about a man, Sam Levinson, who has a history of, making women on sets feel uncomfortable feel unsafe and now he's also making crew members feel uncomfortable because they're like i signed on to a project that i thought was going to like help empower women i got to work on that for like six weeks and it was incredible and then our director had something else to do and because you guys kept changing things and there was already it was already running late on filming and therefore the director had to leave before finishing the show now you're just like oh lol i don't like this so i'm just gonna start it over because it's my show and because hbo knows that euphoria is pulling in such big numbers for their platform hbo is just going to like agree with sam levinson they're just going to be like yes sir whatever you want sir i think it's interesting when there's a sector of people on the internet who 
you're like, oh, this is a bit. Like, oh, this is all part of the plan. Like, Rolling Stone is in on it. Yeah. It's just fascinating seeing that's one side of the conversation. But then, like, me personally on Twitter following a lot of journalists who call bullshit out and have feminist-leaning views being like, no, what is actually happening in this scenario is horrendous. And one of those journalists that we've shouted out before, but who does really good reporting is Kat Tenbarge. She writes for NBC News and other outlets and does a lot of reporting related to domestic abuse and sexual violence. She's been a really good voice on a lot of feminist topics like this. And she wrote in a Twitter thread, in shifting the feminist or female-centered perspective to a celebration of male abuse, Levinson is making distinctly anti-feminist art. We have reporting into the mindset of the creative players here. We know the weekend forced reshoots because he wasn't happy with the portrayal of his abusive character as harmful. Instead, Levinson took the same story and made the villain into the victor. Kat goes on to say, This is a unique situation because we can actually pinpoint the motive to glorify the abusive dynamic at the heart of the show. We know it came from the weekend's desires to subtract from the female perspective and replace it with a patriarchal perspective. This is the thing that is so insane and like we've talked about this time and time again about record execs trying to force female artists into boxes and being like you have to be skinny or you have to be sexy or you have to be this you have to be that and like all of them saying that they're doing it for the artist they're being like it's because we want you to succeed it's because we believe in you and blah it's like okay if you believed in this woman then you would not change everything about her in order to like sell more albums or whatever the case is and so it's like a lot of the time these men deep down inside know that they're the bad guy but instead they're like no i am shaping you it's like the same thing where it's like i'm sure like tommy Matola at no point in time was like yes i'm taking advantage and using the power dynamic that i hold above mariah carey against her like nope she just loves me for me and like wants yeah. to be around me and it's like no dude she's fucking terrified of you and thinks that she will lose her career like whether or not they're they're like putting it in those terms they know they they're in a position of power to manipulate the situation yeah 100 percent, they know and like and it's just like uh it's just so infuriating that like in no uncertain terms the weekend was basically like i refuse to be viewed as the villain yeah i cannot be an abuser and a villain and I must be a abuser and the victor. Yeah. What the fuck? And I fe- but I feel like that's like the mindset of a lot of these men in Hollywood where it's like, I'm only- I feel like that's representative of him as a person. Like that's him as a person saying that with his whole chest. Well, yeah. But I just mean like in general where it's like it, with the Harvey Weinsteins of the world and the, and the Bill Cosby's of the world and like all of these horrible men who are just like, well, if you want success, you could suck my dick or just never have success. I'll tell everybody you were disgusting and shouldn't be worked with or whatever. And it's like, this is so common of like these men being celebrated until enough women are strong enough to come forward and be like, he took advantage of me. And I just thought that that was what I had to do to have success. And like for a show that's going to be coming out in 2023 to like show that character who like takes advantage of a woman to whatever extent is going to be shown in the show, which based off of Euphoria, I feel like we're going to have multiple graphic rape scenes in this show. It's just going to make men in places of power continue to think that this is acceptable and like what they're supposed to do. 
Yeah. And that's terrifying, especially when the show started out as being a feminist take on all of this nonsense. And I feel like that just goes to show that even if a fucked up person like Sam Levinson and like The Weeknd create this idea, if the right woman gets their hand on something, we can make it feminist if we want to. (laughs) We can take the power away from men. Yeah, I mean, it's so easy. Men are so stupid. (laughs) Yeah, I'm. Well, it's it's not so easy because clearly we're still fighting this in the year twenty twenty-three. But I I don't necessarily mean like oh, like it's so easy for like women to control the narrative or anything like that. I mean more so like if a woman is given the chance to take a male-centered story and turn it into a female-centered story just by shifting the focus a little bit, it proves that the foundation of the man being the hero of the story is like so flimsy because it's so easy to like turn it around and be like, well, actually they're the villain and here's why. And I think that that's like, that just says a lot about like the entertainment industry as a whole, where like these men view themselves as like powerful victors when like, if you turn it around and view them from like the female perspective of it all at the end of the day, like they're powerful because they're dangerous rather than they're powerful because they're doing good. If that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. There's a tweet I saw that I wanted to read by at Hannah ZWK, who is also a writer and has a podcast as well, but she quote tweeted like this whole like story scenario situation when it came out and said men who think shock value is art but lack their introspection to see they just want to degrade women and be hailed as auteurs for it like the good old days to cover up the fact that they have no real creative vision or the talent are the worst kind of loser but i think that what i was seeing like again and again is like how many people are saying that like he turned this into a shock value piece about abuse when it didn't need to be that and like using that as a cop-out for like hailing it as a creative vision but really just like hannah said lacking the introspection to see that they just want to degrade women period yeah period And, and i think that like a lot of men will never be comfortable admitting that and it's like the same thing where like there is a couple weeks ago like a lot of discourse on tiktok around men who like to hit women in the bedroom and how it can very quickly go from a kink to abuse and that while there are some men and women who might genuinely be like turned on by that and there can be like consensual conversations had and like there can be ways for that to be like something that's a turn on and consensual a lot of the times when men claim that they're like dominant in the bedroom, what that means is like they just want an excuse to like rough up a girl and call them a slut and a whore and like expect yeah. them to like put up with it. And there's like a huge difference between being degraded in the bedroom and then being taken care of afterwards and like being degraded in the bedroom and then the man being like, thanks, bye, which based off of like a lot of the discourse that I was seeing on TikTok around it, it seemed like it was more of like, I just want to be able to get away with hurting a woman because of like whatever she's into in the bedroom is like yeah a good excuse for me to get away with like hurting her. And I think a lot of men, like Hannah said in her tweet, kind of will be like, yeah, I'm really into degrading women. <laughs> like with their in whole chest. terms. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. just like say it, with, like say it with their whole chest by the art that they create or whatever it is that they're doing. People are going to show you who they are all the time. People are showing you who they really are. You just have to see it. Yeah. And people will continue to make excuses for them and support them because they're like, oh, well, it's fiction. It's not real. And it's like, 
okay, but is multiple people who work with them complaining about the way that they did it? Like, is that fiction? No, that's like, that's fact. (laughs) True. It'll be really interesting to like, see how this goes moving forward as the show comes closer to like being out in the wild and the stars of the show have to start doing press for it and how that press run will go. So definitely keep posted here and on our TikTok because we will be reporting on all of that stuff as per usual. So if you guys have any thoughts or feelings, we would love to like hear your guys' thoughts about all of this, especially if this Haley and Selena stuff continues to go on because for some reason, even though TikTok gets over shit very quickly, they're refusing to get over their obsession with bullying Haley Bieber, which is exhausting for Jenna and I. So if you guys have any thoughts or feelings on anything we discussed today or have discussed in past episodes, you can come chat with us on social media. We are at Name3Songs on all platforms. If you have any personal beef or thoughts or feelings that you would like to talk to Jenna or myself about, I am at Sarah underscore Fagan on all platforms and Jenna is at Jenna underscore Million. So thanks for joining us this week on Name3Songs. And until next time, And until next time, never let anyone make you feel bad about your favorite band. And remember, you're never too cool to listen to twice. Don't forget to subscribe to be notified when each episode comes out and leave us a five-star review. They really help. If you want to find out more about any of the sources we referenced in this episode, you can visit namethroughsongs.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.